Refresh My Memory, the podcast about movies, memories, and refreshing beverages. I'm Eric Fell. I'm Jason Dedrick. And I'm Vicki Van. We are going to be talking about Clueless from 1995, written and directed by Amy Heckerling. Mm. Uh, now, did anybody see this when it came out in 95? I did. Wow. Oh, oh great. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you? Did you? I did not. I was 19 years old. Right. <laughs> and I was saving up for film school. I was very serious yeah. working at that video store. And I just, I didn't, I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to watch a, this is like a <laughs> adaptation of Emma. <laughs> this I'm is not, not gonna, for you. <laughs> this is not for me. It's 1995. <laughs> David Lynch is coming out with a movie next year. That's so it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was not for me at the time. But mm-hmm. I want to know about your impressions when you first saw it. Oh, well, after you, Vicky. Oh, um, yeah, I was 20. Um, it was a little bit young for me, like, it, but I still went and saw it. Like, my friends were still kind of in that high school mindset. So right. um, we went to see it in the theaters. We, we rented it when it came out. Uh, it became, a you know, kind of a quotable film for us. And, you know, we still say stuff like, you know, you're just a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and and other things Um, yeah I really liked it when it came out I thought it was really funny and fast paced and and it was all part of that kind of um, teen culture Lolita culture of the time like um, that kind of Spice Girls and and Drew Barrymore you know flashing David Letterman and and (laughs) and just that kind of girl power um, but still kind of infantilizing, infantilizing <laughs> sure. at the same time. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It was, it was fun. And I remember, um, wanting to dress like that, but I was, I've always been a big girl. And so I was kind of excluded from it at the same time. Uh, but yeah, no, I remember it being really kind of in our friend group being very popular and influential. Cool. Yeah, I I remember seeing it because it was a time of my life that I saw almost oops almost everything, as long as it wasn't a scary or a drama. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, huge wide spectrum that I cast, and I remember liking it, but I've never seen it again. And I did not go into viewing this time, uh, really wanting to because. <laughs> I think looking back on it, it's I I was twenty six, and so I was, I, I I I was it was probably the first time I was thinking that I'm not I shouldn't be here. I, <laughs> uh, this girl is very attractive. I think I've I've aged out of this. There's a lot of realizations with this, you know, just like, oh, she's supposed to be sixteen. I don't think I'm supposed. I don't even think I'm supposed to be here. You know, you start to think about this not so much at the time because when you're 26, you still think that you're 16 or 18 mm-hmm. or, or 21. But as like as as the years went by, I started thinking like, oh gosh. I, in fact, I had to look up how old she was. She was 19, and I know that's so probably a little. <laughs> you're a real Josh. I had to look because <laughs> it turns out that he's the same age as me. Uh, Paul Rudd, yeah. and so I said, "Well, he was doing it, so that's okay." <laughs> and Stacy Dash was twenty-eight. Really? Yeah, Dion. Yeah. She, uh, she was, she was twenty-eight. <laughs> oh, that's wacky. <laughs> 
and I'd forgotten most of the stuff about it. So I mean, I really remember. I had a, I had a, a high hopes for it, and there was a big Jane Austen glut. Yeah. At the same time, yeah. everywhere, right? Wasn't yeah. there also around the same time a, a different adaptation of Emma, yeah, which was just Gwyneth Emma Paltrow? Yeah. Yeah, I had to look it up today because I could have sworn that I saw it maybe either just before I saw this or just after I saw this, but I think it was a year later. And so, and I didn't know the Jane Austen connection. I didn't read that part of the credits. I was just <laughs> bopping out to whatever. Just <laughs> bopping out. You were rolling with your homies. <laughs> but I remember either Vice, I guess I must have seen Emma the following year, and I was like, hey. <laughs> It's, this is just clueless in the olden days. That's how I felt when I watched Never Say Never Again. It's a remake of Thunderball. <laughs> um, I actually didn't see it till I was 30. Oh. Okay. Um, I saw it. Um, uh, John August, the screenwriter, and uh, he runs probably the best screenwriting podcast out there. Um, he was talking about it on Twitter, and I went, I went to go watch it. I went, as a 30-year-old, completely separated from the 19-year-old Eric now, and completely separated from the mid-90s, I kind of fell in love with the movie. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like, I was like, oh, I slept on this. This <laughs> is really, really well done. And I thought that it managed to like skewer the mid-90s while still being in the mid-90s, which mm-hmm. can be hard. Like in whatever 20, whatever, whatever age 30 was, 2006, 2007, around there. Um, watching that then, it's like, oh, those are the things I would have picked up on if I was to write sort of a parody of the mid-90s now. Yeah. Um, which I, yep. thought was, I thought was pretty astute. Um, yeah, so I, and I just watched it, and I watched it a couple more times. Like, this is, this is a really, I think, Honestly, it's one of my favorite movies from the 90s. Yeah, I would say it was right up there. I mean, I had such fond memories of it. And and I would say that it's exactly that. I had criticisms at the time with a couple of friends of mine who were a little bit older than me. And they shouldn't have been in the movie either. Looking at Alicia Silverstone going, I think that'd be okay. No! <laughs> none, of, none of you. But it's, um, it's about the same time that my so-called life was on TV. Oh, right. And that was a very grounded show. I think so. I only watched one or two because, again, these same friends were just like, oh, haven't they just nailed high school so much? And I'm like, no, they haven't. I'm the one that was in high school seven years ago, the most recent of you guys, and this is not anything like high school. But they had a fondness for this and that that they thought really rung true. I didn't buy that so much, but I still... um, I still went to parties like that, exactly like that. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you people would maybe look at that and be like, "Oh no, they, that parties weren't like that." <laughs> Especially here in BC. I mean, it's not the San Fernando Valley, yeah. but it was like that. People hanging off of balconies and yeah. just go from room to room. Oh yeah. <laughs> so it was just. I, I wrote that down as a little note, just like, "Oh my God, the party house." There was a, a bunch of guys had a house, and you just went there. Yeah, you, you just went. Oh yeah, you just yeah. went. Yeah, and I honestly watching it again, I'm going, oh yeah, Brecken Meyer was my friend in high school. <laughs> I had high school friends who were, um, was he Travis Birkenstock? And he has a really, so. ast- he has a really astute line in the movie. And he goes, "How I feel about the Rolling Stones <laughs> is how my kids are going to feel about Nine Inch Nails." <laughs> and now Trent Reznor's doing Pixar yeah. soundtracks. Like it was just like wow. What specificity? That yeah. absolutely 
nailed it. And yeah. and yeah, I guess Reckon Meyer, of course, every time he shows up, I just, I'm just like, whoa, what if action figures were a TV show? <laughs> <laughs> that was my, that's every time I couldn't, st- I couldn't help it. Um, yeah. And Katie watched it yeah. with me and she had seen it once as a teenager. So she had just kind of, and then she watched it again. She's like in tears with the, you're a virgin who can't drive line. <laughs> She actually went, oh, there it is. Like, she just <laughs> felt Ooh, she just yeah. felt that. She's just like, that is 100% um, just, like, high school girls at, at each other. Right, right. Yeah. And probably actually now mellower than what high school girls actually would be like with each other. Mm-hmm. But just enough yeah. that it was just like, ah, yeah, okay, this is a little... Uh, yeah. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. You definitely have friends who, who knew exactly where to hit you. Yeah, at that age. Like. I mean, luckily for me, that was just them hitting me. <laughs> <laughs> we were scrappers. It was Delta. <laughs> no, girls, girls are verbal and and right to the point when they want to be. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah. I mean, growing up with two sisters, one mm. of whom was in uh, an all girls school. Oh, uh-huh. uh, my heart was breaking when she would come <laughs> home from school and be like, oh, I, "I, I don't know what to do here." That just is... don't say anything. Keep head down. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, uh, no sisters in my family, so I didn't have to. I didn't come across it at all. Ugh. Wow. I yeah, feel teenage that... girls vicious, <laughs> vicious. Well, John Mulaney has that bit too, right? Where he, if you see teenagers, he crosses to the other side yeah. of the road because <laughs> teenagers have that way of cutting right to the thing that you're most insecure about. <laughs> yeah, if you are a, like the, every single person who exists at one point in their life has done something that a group of teenagers have seen and the t- group of teenagers has quietly laughed about it and, and you have become their inside joke. I'm convinced that is a universal thing. Oh, not so quietly sometimes. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I used to, I still do. I, I get a haircut about every four months and so I go from very short to like George Harrison 1968 and then it goes back again. It doesn't go long. It just goes sort of big and mushroomy. Yeah, it doesn't go 74 George Harrison. Not 74. 68 nope. George Harrison. Right. Yeah. Animated George Harrison. Yeah. Where it went out to the side. Right. Right. There's a funny thing. And uh, and I know that it looks like that. I've joked about it. And I was walking past a group of teenagers one time. And I heard one of them say to the other one, mm, nice beetle do. And I was like, oh, my God. God. 24, you will cut me to the quick, you bastard. While my Jason gently weeps. <laughs> Thinking about those party, the party scene where that was going on, you know, when I would go to a party back in grade 12, which was really my party year, my dad used to travel a lot and he would get little bottles of wine, the tiny airplane bottles of wine. Mm. So I would take a (laughs) bottle of white and a bottle of red in my pocket, like body temperature wine is what I would drink at the party. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) But you made a great rosé. Yes. Yeah, just in my stomach afterwards. (laughs) Holy cow. And so in this movie, it's hard to see uh, what they're drinking at the party. But uh, we were stumped, actually, what people would drink in the 90s at a party like this. Mm -hmm. So we took a poll. We took a poll. The Mm. internet was polled. The internet is never wrong. (laughs) A hundred people surveyed. Top five answers on the board. Here's the question. (laughs) Actually, it's the top one answer on the board. <laughs> Here's the answer. Pabst Blue Ribbon. That's weird because like when I was partying in the 90s, uh, it was Kokanee, Heineken, and Corona. Kokanee, yep. Yeah, yep. Kokanee. Well, I guess it's a regional thing. This is uh, 
Californian movie. So yes, there you go. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I, in fact, I I think I probably thought that Pabst Blue Ribbon was fake. It seemed like like Popeye spinach. <laughs> it does. It does look like a uh, one of those one of those fake like Blamo Cola <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, Schlitz yeah. beer or anything. You know, just like I don't think that's real. Oh man, I learned about Schlitz beer from Mystery Science Theater three thousands Mitchell. So that's I'm not one to talk. Um, when I was in high school, what we would drink is whatever the older siblings would bring us. And it was very frequently two-liter bottles of Canada Cooler, uh, any two-liter cooler. There was something called Rockaberry. I forget which brand it was, but it was like Rockaberry-flavored oh, yeah. cooler. I remember a lot of peach-flavored things. Yes. I was heavily into peach-flavored stuff because yeah. I wasn't a big beer drinker, but this would get yeah. me a nice buzz. Yeah. And there was stuff in the in the cupboard at home that we just then replaced with water because we were brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, with gin, I learned from the sting that you can cut gin really, really with with a lot of water, mm. and it'll still smell undiluted. Ah, good to know. Because that's that's how that's how they fake being drunk in the sting. Right. Which is, of course, a really cool high school movie, Eric. <laughs> um, what do you say we uh, try yeah, some of this pathway? I think we're only going to need to open one can. Yeah. I don't think we're going to have two cans between yeah. the three of us. <laughs> now, um, Jason. Yes, sir. Please tell us about the, the vessels um, that we will be drinking out of today. These have a specific term, a name. It's, uh, I don't know what it is. What is this called? Because <laughs> uh, we didn't use these. Red solo cups. Red solo cups. The red solo cups. Yeah. Cup. They're popular amongst uh, Star Wars fans. <laughs> Communist <laughs> Star Wars fans. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you some Star Wars uh, connections here with the, with the Solo Cup. Mm-hmm. Um, the production title for uh, Solo was called Red Cup to hide it. <laughs> oh, I think I read that. Yeah, I think that's quite cool. That smells like beer, all right. Yeah, I don't. We, uh, th- <laughs> this I associate with with movie drinking, but as I say, I never had the Red Solo Cup. Oh. In fact, it I seems think like I've been a to a couple parties where that. Was... Oh yeah, we we read solo cup that a lot in yeah. you know the nineties. Oh, okay, Surrey was was a red solo cup town. As uh, was as was Delta. Yeah, I had transferred into my early martini phase by the time ninety five came out. Uh-huh. Yeah, and so I was the guy that came with the little suitcase <laughs> and the vermouth and the gin and the shaker kit in it. I used to do uh, chocolate martinis in the mid nineties. It was vodka, cacao. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm 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 delaying this. So sorry. That's <laughs> all right. It's but the, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> it is. The funny. I'm, I'm not a beer drinker, so it's I, like soda or something. Yeah, I am, and it's <laughs> like soda. That's that is like soda. That is like drinking a. Honestly, yeah. it feels like the diet coke of beers. Yeah, like a flat lemonade or something. Yeah, it says it's four point nine percent, but I would like I would guess that it was even somehow lower than that because it is so easy to drink. Yeah. Yeah. I was in Portland one time. Uh, we were at the Doug Fir, and we were looking out the window, and somebody had set up a little art installation, if you will, on the street. It was a, a big box with a stick and a piece of string tied to the string, and at the other end of the string was a Pabst Blue Ribbon, and it was in the box, and then they put up a sign that said, Hipster Trap. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's right, because that's sort of how it, what it became, right? The, yeah. the, the, the Pabst Blue Ribbon became sort of that. I'm wondering about the age group of the people who were polled. Uh, mm. I don't have that information at my I, fingertips. I believe it was a variety of people because I saw the poll. Oh. Uh, and the question was, you know, what's the beer that, that kids drank, kids, <laughs> teenagers drank, drank in the 90s, in like mid-90s. But you got a lot of people who were like, well, when I was partying in the 70s, this is what we drank. And, <laughs> 
you know, like different age groups. So, but uh, PBR came out on top in overall. I was at a party one time. This is going away from Clueless now, but this is the, <laughs> this is the vibe of these parties. I was sitting on the floor with this guy leaning against the wall, and he, as his drink of choice, had brought a gigantic bottle of... Oh, wouldn't it be great if I knew? <laughs> was, it a was. For, was it a 40 of OE? No, no, it was a, okay. it's more of a liqueur. It's a honey-flavored kind of a... Oh, oh. Drambuie? No. no. Was it but, mead? Was he from a Renfest? <laughs> no, it wasn't no? mead. Okay. It's close to the Drambuie. It's, the, it's kind of peachy. It's Georgia... Oh. Southern Comfort? Southern Comfort! <laughs> he, was, had a, he had the biggest Southern Comfort bottle. Yeah. And I'm sitting on the floor next to him. He said, hey, you want some Southern Comfort? And I said, I sure do. And I remember drinking it and like, I got to go home. <laughs> I don't want to sit here with Ian Muir drinking out of the same bottle of Southern Comfort. This is wrong. But that's that party that oh, they yeah. go to in yeah. the valley. And by the time the mid-90s happened, I was the guy at the party would be there. And then I would find the uh, the rec room, find the N64, and everybody had Goldeneye. And I'd just sit there and play Goldeneye. And people would just come and go, hey, man, Eric's playing Goldeneye. Let's play Goldeneye with Eric. That was That was my party vibe. I, I had a, I was drinking martinis at a party, <laughs> and the, the the problem with the martini is uh, the famous quote is uh, uh, I like a martini with dinner, two at the very most, three I'm under the table, four I'm under the host, right? That's uh, Dor- uh, Dorothy Kill- Parker. Dorothy Parker. Yeah, and I didn't end up under the host, but <laughs> they're small drinks, but they're powerful. And so I'm drinking this thing, and then I have another one, and then I have another one. Mm. And then my friend Dave comes and finds me, and I'm leaning against the wall, going, I don't, I don't really feel, I don't feel very good. He says, Well, how many drinks did you have? I, said, oh, I had like three martinis, but I don't know, something's not sitting right. He says, Well, here, come, come sit down, sit in here. I'll go get you some water. So we go into this quieter part of the house. I sit down in a chair. He brings me water. I'm sipping the water. He goes away to do something else. And uh, I'm feeling pretty good there after the water. He comes back upstairs to check on me. I'm in the kitchen shaking up the martini. He says, what are you doing? I said, well, I felt better. <laughs> yeah, the first time I had martinis was at a Comic-Con in, in Seattle. And I didn't know how potent they were. Right. So I just, and they don't taste that potent. They're, they're, uh, they're easy to drink. For me, anyway. Mm-hmm. And I had two right off the bat and then a third and got so drunk that, like, I kind of wobbled back home and I did the classic, you know, I got into my hotel room and when I woke up the next morning, there was just a trail of clothes <laughs> to the bed. Like, I just stumbled on to the bed. And in the morning, I was still drunk. Like, I got up at, like, 7 a.m. or something. I thought, oh, I'm going to go for a walk yeah. in Seattle. And I put my clothes back on in reverse order and <laughs> went for a walk. And got back to the hotel, and Will Wheaton was in the lobby. And I was like, oh, my God, it's Will Wheaton. And I kind of, like, waved high, and and he was, like, checking out or something. And uh, I got back to my hotel room and realized I had my fly was open the whole time. (laughs) That's my martini experience. I don't drink martinis anymore. So, for a uh, clueless drink that we would make up in our heads, <laughs> uh, what what would be a good uh, representative drink for Clueless, the 1995 <laughs> teenage romp? I'll go first because mine's not very well done. 
<laughs> that way Eric can save us. What? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this is funny because I used to do this when I was about eight. It would be great if you just made a drink and you were just totally clueless as to what went into it. <laughs> so some mustard, some Dr. Pepper, uh, fish juice, uh, cracker crumbs, <laughs> and chicken bouillon. We're not You're making that. Clueless. <laughs> we're not. You can't do that. But then I thought more, uh, 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 no, I've hogged it enough. You go, Eric. Oh, I mean, the, my, whenever I watch movies like this, the thing that really sticks out to me is the palette mm. of the film. And See? it's so bright. Mm. Lots of yellows. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got um, you know, lots of yellows, lots of oranges. I may even go for like a citrus-based drink because uh, Cher is um, continually trying to get her dad to drink um, the orange juice. Yes. Which, by the way, that, that, that scene when he's given um, Cher a pep talk, I actually got a little misty when he's yeah. like, well, what do you mean? Uh, no, I don't, I don't want you to... Clearly, this guy's an idiot if he's not into you. And I don't want you dating an idiot. Like, I was like, oh, my gosh. That is, I actually got like, oh, that's that's some good dad stuff. Um, But definitely uh, something, oh, gosh, what was the term? Um, Getting a cavity? Remember, because you're really sweet? Oh, yeah. Or something like that. Mm. Like, it's, like, it's going to be like it's a, me a cavity. it's going to be a sweet drink. It's going to be a bright drink. So I'm, I'm guessing like Galliano or Curacao or something. Um, I might even go white cacao, even though it's not a bright color. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just because I've got that that sense memory of drinking chocolate martinis in 95, 96 as well. Okay, well, that's a good idea. So I'm, I'm, oh, I'm also like thinking about that. Because I was thinking it was going to be more champagne because of, of the wealth and, and yeah. the orange mm. juice. and uh, But yeah, I don't know. Uh, actually, orange juice and cacao can work. There is a drink that has that in there. Yeah. How about a champagne Orange juice with a float of the uh, golden, uh, what is it called? The light creme de cacao? Or is it white creme? Uh, it's, it's called white cacao, white I cacao. think. Yeah. I think. Oh, okay. It's not, is white cacao chocolate? It, yeah, it's, yeah. The, the reason it's called white cacao is because it's just a clear, it's a clear drink. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. muck with the color of your cocktail, whereas okay. the regular one can. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so what you're saying is it's essentially a chocolate mimosa? Ooh. Yes, or a Terry's orange, yeah. <laughs> with fizz. Or, yeah, or some sort of some sort of weird variant of a Harvey Wallbanger with some uh, champagne to fill. Nice. Yes, nice. What would we? I, I think this is a great drink, Vicky. What 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 are your oh, thoughts on? I was on thinking this? citrus, yeah, because it's California mm-hmm. and the movie is so bright and sunny. Uh, yeah, I'd go with the chocolate mimosa. That sounds amazing. That sounds like an actual drink. It does. <laughs> yes. Wow. Uh, what would we call it? I mean, there's rolling with my homies. That's oh, that's, that's a that's a motif <laughs> that comes back. The virgin who can't drive. The virgin who can't drive, but that implies that there's it's, no alcohol in it. I think. Yeah. That's right. Um, there's some other great uh, lines in the movie. The as if. As if. Mm-hmm. As if's a really good one. I like as if. I like as if. As if is a good one. Um, he's not my brother. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, final thoughts on Clueless, which I'm, from my point of view is absolutely delightful, delightful film. Mm. Yeah, it's really it's got like the joke per minute thing down pat. It's every scene has something either skewering share uh, uh, or friends or society in general, or it just it's so packed with funny 
that it's surprising for like you know a teen movie that it's not just fart jokes <laughs> <laughs> yeah no and there is there's a, a fun subtle transition too that happens to share there as her world kind of falls apart where she gets just a little bit grayer mm. did you notice that yes that her makeup sort of goes yeah. away and, and she starts to wear yeah. subdued and colors i noticed something very specific that happened there um, off the top, you've got when she's around, she's listening to all the happy music. Paul Rudd is consistently listening to Radiohead, which is <laughs> which is accurate for for me in 1995, but specifically the album The Benz, which all those songs were off of. There's a shot of her walking into the house, and there is a cover of one of the songs from that album, just a, 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 a subtle guitar riff as she's walking to the house of a Radiohead song. I, I noticed that just because that's it's the way my brain is wired. I guess it's, it's wired to Radiohead, uh, but I did notice that, and I noticed yeah the the way that she she, she like she yeah she did she changed as a as a character. Yeah, um, yeah. She's got a little quiet, and it's funny because she's she's supposed to be highlighting, and yet she seemed to have lost all of that bright spark that was the highlighters. I went down a deep momentary dive there as I was watching, and I went. I think this is when my life ended. I went back back to that part of my life thinking, oh yeah, 95, 96. I think that's when everything sort of went off the rails as far as my life was concerned. (laughs) And, uh, you know, if we had another half hour, I would (laughs) enlighten you. But really, I think... I think maybe that was another reason that I didn't want to go back to it, is I think this is like my last... <laughs> oh, my goodness. My I'm, so, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I was already two years into a job that I didn't like, that I'm still doing now. <laughs> and, uh, you know... Oh. Yeah, no, it was... God, it was a good movie. <laughs> really? Do you want me to make you a Radiohead mixtape? Some complaints? But yeah, the soundtrack was amazing. I'm, try- I'm trying to bring it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bring it back. Bring it back. For Vicky! Sure. Bring it back for sure. Because everything turns out all right, and it's some of the, yeah. the nicest work that uh, Dan Hedaya has ever done. Yeah. Yeah, Dan Hedaya was great in this. Um... I had yeah. to Google Dan Hedaya. He looks younger now <laughs> than he did then. He's had some... Uh, he had his Hedaya lifted. <laughs> uh, yeah, I watching it now as an adult, I just I noticed the pacing and I noticed the the you know the bright palette as you were saying and and just it brings you back to that that time for me anyway because I was around that age anyway. Um, brings you back to all the kind of the parties in high school and and the relationships you had back then and. Um, yeah, I, I've only have a few friends from high school left that I still talk to. And, uh, I think our reunion's coming up soon. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> I went to my, my 10th year reunion and it was just, everyone broke into their, their cliques and just talked. And now we have Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. And so I don't think we really need a, uh, a reunion of sorts, but yeah, I've, I've trailed off into a completely different subject. <laughs> no, not not at, not at all. Not at all. Because you're talking about 95 versus yeah. now, right? Yeah. Like, I went to my 10-year reunion many, many years ago, and I put on a, a name tag uh, that said, hello, my name is Richie Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> and people were like, oh, well, I had a big I had a big graduation year. I had a 650. Oh. So I could actually walk through the whole thing, and no one knew who I was. <laughs> the funny thing about the 10-year anniversary or reunion I found was that it was almost like you still like as I was saying like you could almost pick up a conversation yeah. that you had had 10 years earlier yeah. it was so fresh it felt to me it didn't feel like 10 years at all 
The 20 was a little bit different. That's where I got a lot of, hey, is that you, Jason? <laughs> and so I didn't go to my 30th. <laughs> yeah, I, I would get a lot of, didn't you used to be Eric Fell? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> If you want to make yourself the drink featured in today's podcast, take a picture and send it our way along with any questions, comments, or etc. to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. So have a have a good one. <laughs> oh, I, I'm so bad at this. Oh, we love all you driverless virgins. Yeah. Yeah. It? Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> my memory